Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts on this Tuesday morning, February the 19th. Working our way through the month of February, the uh, short month, of course. Winter weather advisory, as you heard Michael mention, starting later tonight. We're nice and warm inside. A little sunshine trying to break through out there. And right now it's 23 degrees in downtown Champaign, back from Madison, Wisconsin. At our Monday morning quarterback show from there yesterday, back in studio today. We'll start the show with an open line here this first hour. Lots of things to hit on. If there's uh, something you hear that you like, you want to talk about it, you can certainly do that. If there, uh, you hear something that uh, you don't care to talk about and you want to talk about something else, you can certainly do that. That is the uh, freedom we have for you here on an open line. Second hour, T.J. Blakeman will join me. Champaign County Historical uh, Society, and of course, uh, the history of the building. We're sitting in here in downtown, currently the News Gazette building. It's been several things over the years, down through the years. And there's going to be a little event coming up, I believe, tomorrow on the 20th, discussing the history of this building. But TJ is going to come in and talk about it. Uh, Some of you may remember this as a department store, a couple of different department stores over the years. But uh, we'll get into that in hour number two. And if we have some time left at the end, we will do some more open line time. We'll see how it goes in hour number two. Tomorrow we'll have Justice Robert Steigman. I believe you know who that is. He'll be with us uh, tomorrow for the full two hours. And then on uh, Thursday we'll have some more uh, open line time at the start. Busey Money Talk at 10.30. And in between, Dr. Knowledge. We'll explain who that is as we get closer to it. And then Friday, open line. And then in the second hour on Friday, it's the last Friday of the month, by the way, already. Coming up this Friday in the second hour, flashback Friday. 908 here at DWS. Uh, Let's see what's going on here. Well, several states, 16, I believe it is, including Illinois, have sued the uh, Trump administration over the National Emergency Declaration. We'll talk about that. Jonathan Turley, you may have heard of him. He is a professor. He's a legal expert. He actually wrote a uh, column in The Hill a couple of days ago. We didn't get a chance to get to it yesterday, of course, with the uh, sports show with the Monday morning quarterbacks. But he said, why Trump will win the wall fight? And he goes into some big details. And I don't. Uh, Jonathan Turley in the article actually says he doesn't agree that there is a national emergency, but here's why he thinks the president will win. And he went through a pretty detailed point by point. Not going to read it all to you. You can look it up yourself. But I, there's a couple of key phrases in there that I think would help uh, understand the discussion a little better when you hear it in the news from a, a legal expert, Jonathan Turley. So I, th- I thought that was interesting. Local stories, of course. There was a big uh, panel last night discussing a town hall on legalizing marijuana. It comes as lawmakers are debating that issue, which has the backing of the Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker. Champaign County State's Attorney Julia Reitz, one of the panelists last night. So we'll uh, touch on that if we get a chance. Also, we've got today in history, big birthday for a well-known 
musical uh, icon. Samsung is done making Blu-ray players. Diet Coke and the Risk of Stroke. They're selling VHS tapes again. At least uh, you can still get them. Don't know if you can play them anymore, but you can get them. And those are some of the uh, headlines today. And there's a few other things. I don't know if you saw the story Dave Gentry mentioned near the end of his show about the uh, citizenship test and how many, uh, what the percentage is of Americans who uh, failed the citizenship test or at least uh, given a test and failed it or didn't know some basic facts about the country, which may explain some of the issues we face today <laughs> when you think about it. All right, uh, 356-9397 is our phone number. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515-357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Open line time to start. T.J. Blakeman in the second hour. Tomorrow, both hours, Justice Robert Steigman. Back after this to get it started on a Tuesday. Penny, for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. Glad you're with us here today. As we mentioned, tomorrow we will have Justice Robert Steigman for both hours. Uh, by the way, the governor giving his budget address tomorrow at noon on February 20th. You can listen for that here on DWS as well. 3569397 is our phone number. You can text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. And you can email us, talk at WDWS.com. Just got back from Madison early this morning. I think we landed after midnight from the uh, trip to Madison. So uh, back at it here today in studio. The Badgers in the Illini winning streak last night. Stopped cold is the headline in the uh, News Gazette today and online. Wisconsin 64, Illinois 58. Badgers now won 15 straight against Illinois going back to 2011. But the Illini certainly uh, battled them all the way to the finish. In fact, had a 10-2 to lead out of the gate. Wound up leading by one at halftime. The Badgers hit some bigger shots late in the game. Davison was a factor, so was Khalil Iverson. He had a slam dunk right before halftime. That was a big one. Nate Reavers had a big putback near the end of the game. The Illini uh, balanced scoring from Vishanishvili and Frazier and uh, Io DeSuma got going late in the game, but Come up a little short to the Badgers. Next up, Penn State, 11 a.m. Saturday morning. 11 a.m. Saturday for the 30th reunion. They've been doing the bobbleheads with the different players from the Flying Illini. Now they're going to do the reunion for the team, so that'll be fun on Saturday morning against Penn State. All right, here we go to the phones to get it started here. Open line to start us, so you name the topic. Here's Steve. Good morning, Steve. Hi, good morning, Brian. How are you? Uh uh, yeah, I'm doing good. Sunny day, I like that. <clears throat> so last night I'm watching the game. I'm impressed how with how Illinois has uh, been playing lately. They're doing great, but man, I, I seemed to me like they just couldn't get an outside shot at all to go down. You mean right? Yeah, and Wisconsin was having the same trouble there for a while. Well, yeah, neither team was making anything, and I thought, man, that's bad. <laughs> So, yeah, but I'm sorry they lost, but, uh, yeah, they're looking up. They're looking a lot better. Yeah, I think a couple of months ago, I don't think you'd have given Illinois much of a chance the way they were playing at the time of even being close in a game at Wisconsin. But, uh, yeah. you know, they uh, the defense just, you could see, we were even we were pretty high up last night, but you could see the defense was, for Illinois, was, Wisconsin couldn't do anything there for a long time, and then the shots they were getting, they were missing. But it was almost like we sped them up a little bit. 
and they were kind of out of kilter, which is what you have to do. Yeah. But anyway, well, too bad we didn't get to win. Yeah. And I, I want to make another comment about the marijuana. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, okay, I'm an old dope smoker from the years back. Okay, I smoked a lot of, let's just call it dope, that's what it is. And I am not, definitely not for legalization of marijuana. And uh, it's a gateway drug, because I went on from that drug to other drugs, uh, hallucinogenic type drugs, downers, uppers, all that. Uh, no heroin, nothing like that, but uh, never shot anything. But I did plenty of drugs. So, no, I'm definitely not for legalization of marijuana. Hmm. I've been, I haven't had any, uh, any dope for over 40 years. So, yeah, uh, well, and you you speak from experience, so you'd say uh, don't do it. Yeah, it, it makes a guy real lethargic. In other words, lazy. Lazy in your mind. You, you're lazy in your person. Uh, it's just, uh, and the stuff there they got out there now is a lot stronger than what I used to smoke back in the day, back in the 60s and 70s. Really? See, that's what I keep hearing from people like yourself who are a little older who ex- you know, experienced it back then. I, I have no, I have no experience in it at all. So I, I have no idea. But uh, that's what people keep telling me. Because uh, what I, the stuff I used to smoke was pretty strong. But what I'm hearing now, and I, of course, I haven't had it for years. But uh, the stuff they've got now is really strong. Mm. So yeah, I don't, I don't see it. It, it really made uh, that period of my life was just a lazy time of my life. I'm self-employed now. I've been self-employed for 36 years, mm. and a lot of, uh, you know, I'm doing great. Business is good and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I didn't have that kind of drive back years ago when I was smoking dope. Yeah, well. And that's that's what you, that's, let's call it dope, not marijuana. Yeah. Because that's the guys that are smoking it. That's why, that's what they call it, dope. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate okay. your input. Uh-huh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling in. 356-9397 is our phone number. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Jonathan Turley writing on The Hill a couple of days ago about why the president's going to win the legal fight. And again, there are 16 states that are suing the Trump administration. He says, for decades, Congress frittered away control over its authority, including the power of the purse. He says, I've testified before Congress warning about the expansion of executive power and the failure of Congress to guard its own authority. The uh, two primary objections, he says, have been Congress giving presidents largely unchecked authority and undedicated money. He says, the wall funding controversy today is a grotesque result of both of those failures. And he says, starting with the National Emergencies Act of 1976, presidents have long declared emergencies based on their inerrant executive authority. Congress and the National Emergencies Act of 1976, this law allows for a legislative override by Congress. The authority to declare national emergencies, though, is basically unfettered. It's one of many such laws where Congress created the thin veneer of a process for presidential power that in reality was a virtual blank slate. See, that's why President Obama, Turley says, was able to go to war in Libya without a declaration and fund the entire war with billions of undedicated funds. He says neither House Speaker Nancy Pelosi nor most of the current Democratic leadership made a peep of objection at this. 
And he went on to uh, talk about, he says, um, he says, I was the lead counsel for the House of Representatives in the case of a House of Representatives versus Sylvia Burwell, in which the court declared the House of Representatives had standing to sue over executive overreach, and that then-President Obama violated the Constitution in ordering the payment of billions to insurance companies without authorization from Congress. He says, I was the lead counsel for the House of Representatives in that case. Ironically, Nancy Pelosi opposed the litigation as a frivolous and unfounded challenge to presidential authority. He says, we won the case. This is Jonathan Turley talking about it. It says, the President Obama sought funds from Congress and when unsuccessful, acted unilaterally. But Obama ordered the money directly from the Treasury as a permanent appropriation, like the money used to pay tax refunds. Congress had never approved such payments. Conversely, President Trump is using appropriated funds, like the authority under the National Emergencies Act. Congress gave the money to the executive branch without meaningful limitations. Trump now has almost $1.5 billion in newly approved funds to use for border protection. He's identified about $8 billion in loosely dedicated funds for military construction, drug interdiction, and forfeitures. Even if a court disagreed with the use of the money, President Trump has the power and funds to start construction of the wall. So you can read it. It's on the Hill. It's uh, Jonathan Turley writing about that. I don't think he's necessarily a Donald Trump fan, but it's interesting. I, I always try to get past the all the fire and fury of the political arguments at the top and try to get down into the details of legal arguments and what actually is going to show up in a, in a courtroom. And Jonathan Turley, I think he knows pretty much what he's talking about on things like this. So you can read it for yourself. It's in The Hill, Jonathan Turley, T-U-R-L-E-Y. All right, let's see here. Uh, Rosenstein or McCabe? You're going to pretend it hasn't happened. Well, we uh, mentioned McCabe, I think, at the end of the week. He was on 60 Minutes. I don't know how many of you saw the uh, McCabe interview. And I guess there's a story out today. I've got to go check the wire on it. Uh, but uh, there's a report out, nothing official, but they said that Rosenstein might be leaving the Justice Department by the middle of March. So if there's something you want to bring up on that, feel free to uh, give us a call or text us. 356-9397. Good morning, Brian. Last night was disappointing. I'm happy the Illini played hard and competed. Uh, why is Doug Altenberger leaving? Well, he's not leaving. Uh, he's just run out of games to do for this year. Uh, Doug, of course, alternates with Dion with me on the broadcast. And uh, Dion has his schedule of games, and Doug has his. And uh, the last game I think Doug was scheduled to be with me this year anyway was Ohio State. But he'll be back in the future. So he's not going anywhere. By the way, uh, both uh, coming up, uh, I think the last game of the year, uh, regular season at Penn State, neither Doug uh, nor Dion can travel with us on that trip. They both have other obligations with their uh, work responsibilities. And so uh, former Illini Trent Meacham is going to do that game with me, and Trent will be on uh, tonight on Sports Talk with Scott Beatty. So you can hear about all of that. Trent's back in town, former Illini, and he's going to do the game with me in early March at Penn State. All right, those are the texts. A couple of emails have come in, too. We'll get to those here. Open line here this first hour, 923, 26 degrees. Back to the phones to Tom. Tom, how are you? 
I'm good, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm getting I'm getting awake every minute. It goes by. That's good. <laughs> that uh, basketball schedule is hard on the announcers too, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I always kid people. I say, you know, when the game's over, you can turn it off and go to bed. <laughs> you know, my my night's just getting started. So, um, but no, it's good. It's a lot of fun. It all gets you know travels part of it. So you got to do it. Yeah, you do a great job. Thank you. Um, I'm calling regarding that uh, panel on the legalization of marijuana. Um, I'm like you. I've very limited experience, very limited to no experience with this, other than just casual observation. But I, my take, I'm going to be real politically incorrect this morning. My take on the panel discussion and the article in the News Gazette is I just think our uh, representatives and the comments they make are embarrassing. Um, you know, you've got Julia Reeds who deals with the legal system every day, and she makes comment in the News Gazette that we can say it's not a gateway drug, but it absolutely affects their brain cells, affects their decision-making, and affects the direction they go in life, which I think is accurate. And obviously she's basing her comments on, the, on her experience. But then our state representative, Carol Ammons, says, this is one of the most pressing things that will happen in my legislative career. Now... Why she feels, I hope that's not one of the most pressing things in her legislative career, because there are certainly more important uh, things that she's going to need to deal with. And then the lady that brought, that is sponsoring the current bill is a state representative from Chicago, and she explained that she thinks it would be okay if a household could grow their own and use it for medical purposes, but our representative from Champaign, Scott Bennett, jumps up and says, no, uh, he wants a, a bill that legalizes it for recreational settings. He, you know, the medical thing, that's one thing. But he wants, he wants it to be legal for recreational, but that we'd have to educate the public on what happens. And so then they finally get a guy who is executive director of the Illinois chapter of the National Organization to Reform Marijuana Laws. And here's his quote. An experienced user probably can operate a vehicle safely. So, <laughs> so you've got an expert, a person that deals with people that use drugs and how it affects their lives in, our, in Julia Reed's. And then you've got these state representatives that we elected recently. Carol Ammon says it's the most important legislation she's ever going to deal with. Scott Bennett says he wants it for recreation, and the guy in charge of the whole work says you can probably operate a vehicle safely. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a comedy routine. I, I can't believe, uh, well, I can believe, I mean, after the election, but... I, I want to say to State Representative Adams, why is this the most important thing? I want to say to Scott Bennett, why are you so interested in recreational? And the guy that's in charge of the whole works, how do you not know? You know, give me some facts. You're mm -hmm. trying to pass something, and you don't have any facts. <laughs> and uh, I, I just, I think it's embarrassing. Mm -hmm. And I think that after 
the election. I think we're going to continue to see comments like this from Representative Ammons and Bennett. And uh, I just think it's an embarrassment to the people of Champaign County. Hmm. Yeah, there's a video you can watch all the Q&A, I guess, um, online, com. if you want to see all that Tom's talking about. He he hit all the, the big comments that were made last night. Yeah, it is um, it is interesting, and it's interesting to me. Like the we had the Bennett uh, family, Scott, and then his uncle Tom, Uncle Tom Bennett, uh, on the Republican side, and they had were on opposite sides of the issue on that. Well, I just uh, I'm getting to be an old guy now, and I <laughs> I it, the things are so so different, and I just uh, I just am appalled that we have a state representative that feels like the most important thing in her legislative career is going to make sure that marijuana use is made legal in the state of Illinois. Mm. Uh, it just, uh, <laughs> I, I just don't even know how to comment on that. Mm. That, uh, that just is ridiculous in my opinion. And, mm. um, um, anyway, I've All said right. enough. Thanks well, for your you, you, patience. You just did. Thank you, Tom. All right. Appreciate the call. Three, five, six, nine, three, nine, seven, a break back with more. After this, on Penny for Your Thoughts, stay tuned. 9.31 here at DWS, we're on Penny for Your Thoughts. A uh, text came in, says pot may be legal sometime, but people still won't be able to pass drug tests for CDL, bus drivers, etc. That was on the uh, text line here today, right before the news. Here's Tony. Good morning, Tony. Uh, your last caller, I'm not saying I totally disagree with him, but uh, I think it's funny He's just in such disbelief of what a politician would say. <laughs> Look at Lindsey Graham and Trump. You know, for the two years they had the House, the Senate, the White House, the judges, and they didn't even vote on a wall. And now all of a sudden it's a national crisis emergency that they have to, uh, you know, do a, an emergency <laughs> crisis over it. Well, I, I, think the, I think the correct phrase would be they tried to pass it, but they failed. I wouldn't say they didn't vote on it. Right, but you know why they failed, right? Right, well, the Republicans are divided on it. Because the Republicans didn't want it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm saying there's Republicans and Democrats. I mean, uh, that's been talked about quite a bit. There's division within the Republican Party itself over that. Right, but I just, mm -hmm. to that last call, like, he seems so shocked that politicians would, like, lie and say outlandish stuff to get their point across it. That's kind of their job, <laughs> if you ask me. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's our job to sort it out, I guess, right? No. Okay. Hey, thank you, Tony. Good to hear from you. Appreciate it, Michael Kaiser. Always good to hear from him. He's here with the news, more emails and texts. Open line here. And if you're listening and you go, I don't really have anything to add to this. If you've got something you want to add and go a different direction. You are more than welcome to do that if you'd like. That's the beauty of the open line here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Here is Michael. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-351. Five three five seven. All right, we're on Penny for your thoughts. We're back at it here on this Tuesday, back in studio. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, and Liz waited through the news. Good morning, Liz. How are you? 
I'm fine. Thank you. I just wanted to say we had some friends that had rental properties, and they had um, several places where people uh, smoked uh, marijuana. They could not get the odor out of the house. It was hard to try to rent again. And so I think people ought to think about it, but also I think medically it is, it's wrong to do these things to their body and their brain. Wow. So how, how, what is it, um, you know, I, I, again, I have no experience with marijuana, so what does it smell like? I mean, give me a, is there a description you could? It's sort of a sweet smell. Yeah. It makes me nauseous. Okay. So, um, I, I'm definitely against it. I think that we just don't need all these things. Hmm. So you once, know, so it's kind of like smoking cigarettes. Once it's in the, the carpet yeah. and the curtains, you can't get rid of it, huh? That is right. I have a neighbor that passed away, and she smoked all the time. Her daughter painted the walls, cleaned the carpet, cleaned the drapes, everything. She said it still stinks, and they had a hard time selling the place. Hmm. So, um, anyways, and the thing, I think it smells stronger today, the uh, marijuana, than it used to. That's what I, so, that's that's what I keep hearing. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to I have to take you guys' word for it because I I've got no experience with it. So, hey Brian, I think you do a great job, and I really appreciate you. You don't express how you feel about politics, and I really I really appreciate that because you're there just to to uh, inform us and so forth, but not your opinions. And I really appreciate that. Well, Liz, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for calling have in. A great day. Yeah, right, you too. Bye. Yep, bye-bye. 356-9397. Uh, All of this in reference, if you're just joining us, uh, one of the themes that emerged at a town hall last night on legal marijuana, uh, one of the themes was think of the children. This is in our uh, news reports that you've heard this morning. And uh, several of the panelists, Chicago Democrat Heather Staines, our caller mentioned earlier, uh, Carol Ammons. I think Aaron Ammons may have been the moderator of it last night. I think I read that. Uh, Julie Reitz was there, of course, looking to get Julia on again at some point here in the near future. We'll have Justice Steigman tomorrow for two hours. We'll have Busey Money Talk Thursday morning at 1030. But before that, we'll have Dr. Knowledge. And I think you'll like this. This will be just a bunch of facts and figures and fun things that you'll be like, wow, I didn't know that. Uh, so I think we'll uh, we'll have some fun with that. But we'll we'll dig into the big big stuff tomorrow, of course, with Justice Steigman, the uh, 16 states suing the Trump administration with the wall. I'm sure the judge will have some thoughts on that and other issues that you may uh, want to call in and ask him about. You can certainly do that. A texter says, "I don't agree with the new tax gas tax being proposed. Right now, we're being taxed on the gas that is used." driving our roads, which means we get a lot of revenue from out-of-state people. How would we get that revenue if they go with a mileage source of revenue? Thanks. That's from Mike. All right, we go from Mike to Scott. Hi, Scott. Good morning. How are you? Well, good morning, Brian. How are you today? I'm, uh, I'm okay. Enjoying the sunshine? Yeah, I like it. I guess we uh, get the canoes out Saturday. <laughs> the canoes? <laughs> <laughs> Is the water, has it thawed that much? Well, well, they're, they're talking thunderstorms. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. All right. I, I, I was thinking frozen rivers for some reason. So, okay. I get well, it. Ice skates will work, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, I, uh, I know you're busy and everything, and I'll try and be succinct, but uh, I was actually uh, calling about two things this morning. Uh, there's been discussion on the uh, marijuana, of course, and the uh, 
uh, public panel that uh, uh, State Senator Scott Bennett and Representative Carol Ammons uh, had. Uh, and uh, something that uh, your listeners might uh, find of interest uh, is the connection between marijuana, mental illness, and violence. And uh, the uh, <clears throat> if you uh, visit, uh, just go to the website, uh, Hillsdale College, Hillsdale uh, EDU, Hmm. And, and look for that topic. Uh, there was a, a speech given January 15 of this year that went into great depth uh, about uh, about these association. And uh, as a caller mentioned earlier, the uh, the THC in uh, in today's uh, drug is a lot higher uh, than it was in the uh, 70s. And the uh, the 70s it was less than two percent. Uh, today, uh, routinely, it's 20 25 percent. Uh, so hmm. it's, you compare it to the difference between near beer and a martini or grain alcohol, you know, hmm. and that kind of thing. But there is a uh, there is a definite uh, uh, tie-in between a mental illness, uh, specifically schizophrenia, uh, by regular users of uh, of marijuana. Hmm. So, uh, but at any rate, uh, not to beleaguer that, but uh, that's. Uh, some, if uh, again, listeners want to go visit hillsdale.edu and pull that up and be more educated. I did send a link, by the way, to mm-hmm. uh, State Senator Scott Bennett uh, ahead of this meeting with this information, and uh, I have yet to hear back from him. Hmm. So, well, uh, I'm, that, was, that was made available. Okay, yeah, Scott's a pretty good guy. I think he'll, um, if he gets, to, if he knows about it, he'll probably get back to you. I would think. But I, I just called up the article that you had: marijuana, mental illness, and violence. Is that the one? Uh, yes, we're talking is. about okay. Yeah, yeah I just I just called it up. Yeah, it's at uh, just go hillsdale.edu and you you'll find it. Just t- just Google those words. So uh, so what do you make of the, the we had a medical cannabis um, guy on a couple of weeks ago? What do you make What do you make of that? Well, the thing with the medical uh, with the cannabis, uh, they talk about uh, marijuana mainly as a painkiller, uh, as a substitute for opiates mm-hmm. and. Uh, Unfortunately, though, it's really too weak to work for most people who need opioids, such as uh, terminal cancer uh, patients. Mm-hmm. And uh, advocates uh, for that, uh, even Rob Campia, uh, he's co-founder of Marijuana Policy Project, uh, acknowledged that uh, the main push, uh, they've always viewed medical marijuana laws primarily as a way to protect recreational users. So and uh, and so yeah, it's not. Uh, and actually, there was something that uh, that I'd seen too. That over time, there was a study in Australia of patients with chronic pain, and it showed the can uh, cannabis use was actually associated with greater pain over time. Hmm. So so much of this is it's a it's a money maker, hmm. and uh, and of course the state of Illinois, and as we all know, is in dire. Uh, Financial uh, situation, and uh, there's not one one governor or one uh, uh, entity to blame for it. It's been a culmination of things um, over many many years. Uh, the original pension ramp uh, that uh, was put into place by Governor Edgar uh, many years ago uh, uh, started the uh, public pensions down a uh, well, not a good path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then it was exacerbated later on by. Um what they withheld the the payments or diverted the money somewhere else for a while and mm-hmm. promised to pay it back and so forth and right 
right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, well so, yeah, we're kind of in a mess, aren't we? Yep, we sure are. <laughs> the uh, uh, the Aurora uh, uh, shooting yeah. happened, happened Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of things to note real quickly on that. Uh, before folks uh, 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 decided uh, new laws, et cetera, et cetera, uh, which typically happens after, after one of these things take place, um, a thing to look at is Ford. The, uh, the individual, uh, and there was a statement from the ISP uh, that came out Monday, uh, <clears throat> that uh, his, uh, his card, his Ford, was, uh, was revoked, and he should not have been in possession of any firearms uh, within the state of Illinois. Uh, to be in possession of firearms or ammunition, you have to have a Ford, period. And he had, uh, he'd, the Ford background check didn't turn up uh, his, uh, his record in Mississippi. Um, so he was able to get a Ford initially and buy a firearm. It turned up uh, when he applied for a CCW. It's a little bit more of an in-depth background check. involves fingerprint. And that one did turn up uh, his, uh, his uh, infractions in Mississippi. And he, uh, he actually had been sentenced to 10 years for ag assault. And mm. so he... Uh, at that point, they uh, they did the uh, right thing. They uh, uh, declined the CCW and they revoked uh, the Ford. But the thing is, though, is there's places where things can fall through on that because uh, you're basically left to voluntarily uh, surrender your Ford and any firearms that you have in your possession uh, to local law enforcement and get a disposition record within two days, 48 hours. Um, and there, there's uh, there's a number of ways that that falls through the cracks, and I, and they're still there investigating it. Um, but to, rather than before folks go jump on the gun and and uh, saying we need new laws and everything else, let's take a look at what we got, and maybe Ford needs to be tweaked. Uh, maybe the lines of communication uh, things are falling through. Uh, the the thing, one thing that was in the statement was that. Uh, um, the uh, the agency uh, ISP has issued 10,818 revocations to cardholders in 2018. Hmm. Pretty big number. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is. Hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but again, the, the the thing is follow through, follow up, follow through, and uh, and again, it was a really interesting uh, uh, read, and that uh, and that actually uh, one thing that another. Another source of news is the Illinois News Network, mm-hmm. and I subscribe to that list. And if folks look that up, Illinois, uh, Illinois News Network, that's that story was there uh, this morning. Uh, so, and uh, <clears throat> and then uh, back to the medical um, uh, or uh, back to taxes and income, medical marijuana or, or recreational uh, marijuana mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, discussion about taxing retirees income. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's come up. Uh, the um, and now I'm trying to think of the name of the uh, the organization that's uh, for retirees that's uh, uh, popped up and and opposing it. Uh, good for them. Uh, in case anybody's interested, states uh, where pension income tax isn't taxed: uh, Alaska, Florida, uh, currently Illinois, Mississippi, Nevada, New Hampshire, Pennsylvania, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, and Wyoming. Hmm. That was as of August 4, 2018. So hmm. uh, I don't That's think interesting. I don't think they'll. Uh, 
I don't think they'll get it through. It's such a, a hot-button topic uh, politically. I don't think they'll get it through, but... Those are some states to look at in case you're looking. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you, Scott. You gave us a plethora of information there. So, <laughs> Well, thanks, Brian. Yeah. I really enjoy your show. Well, and, thank uh, you. And, uh, and the opportunity to share information with folks. And uh, there's not a thing wrong with ignorance. It's just not knowing. It's, you know, stupidity that's a problem. So it's, it's important, to, important to look at both sides of things. All right. Hey, thank you, Scott. Yes, sir. Great great to hear from you. We are back with more Penny for Your Thoughts. 951 here, open line. T.J. Blakeman joins me in the next hour about the history of this here building we're sitting in right now at the News Gazette. Back in a moment. Great Smokey Robinson, 79 today. It is his birthday. Smokey Robinson, 79 today. Also, Justine Bateman, if you are a big fan, as I was, of Family Ties. Alex P. Keaton. Michael J. Fox is who played that role. That was a very funny show. Uh, Mallory Keaton, uh, Justine Bateman is 53 today. Jeff Daniels is 64. And this is the day in 1942 President uh, Franklin Roosevelt signed an executive order during World War II giving the military the authority to relocate and intern Japanese Americans. That, of course, turned out uh, was uh, very controversial, as it turned out. But that was uh, at the time, uh, later on during the war, at the time he signed that executive order. There was a lot of fear, of course, of... uh, it was the middle of World War II, and our two biggest uh, enemies at the time were uh, Japan and uh, Germany. But a lot of discussion when you get into the history of that is what was going on at the time, and then the reaction to it years later uh, makes for an interesting discussion. But anyway, this was the day it happened in uh, 1942 uh, on this date. Uh, Brian, did you see anything about the Democratic Congresswoman who threatened the 16-year-old African-American boy recently on Twitter? Our elected officials should not be telling Americans to be afraid of them. And what this, I, I Googled the story because they sent me the link. And basically what it was, this uh, young African-American boy is a conservative. He's commented on other things before, uh, criticized President Obama when he was president. Uh, but he basically was upset or tweeting about uh, uh, Ocasio-Cortez was not paying attention, he thought, during the president's State of the Union address. And the woman next to him, he said, he noted in his tweet, was not paying attention either was just looking around at different things, and that representative was Nydia Velasquez of New York, and I think she was making a general statement about progressives, Ocasio-Cortez and the progressive movement, basically saying you should be afraid of us, but that was the link to it. So yes, I did, I did look that up. Uh, Democrats, the only party to force people to buy a product, want it or not, that's on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Good morning, Brian. Why are people surprised at the local Democrats? Reitz and Ammons. Uh, Reitz has been selective uh, prosecutions of dangerous felons, not going for maximum sentences for gun criminals. Uh, marijuana is still illegal as far as the feds, feds are concerned. Ammons cannot be embarrassed. She and her husband are controlled by the Chicago Democrats. 
Got the 11th hour pardon from former Governor Quinn to allow her husband to take her place on the Urbana City Council, then funded by Mike Madigan. Another uh, texter says, even them out. I would imagine if a daily marijuana user medicates the same as someone who medicates with some other stimulant or depressive legal drug, there may be quite a few who operate motor vehicle. Talking about being impaired. Let the state legalize all the vice laws. And to those who don't like it, just like with the wind turbines, you can always move. Okay? All right, uh, three five six nine three nine seven, and Eric is up next here before the news. Hey, Eric, how are you? Hi, Brian. Um, well, a couple things. You know, as soon as they they talk about, you know, what they're going to, you know, there'll be a revenue, re- you know, from from legalized uh, legalized uh, marijuana products, right? And they always always say, well, let's go straight to education. I think we've already got that covered. You know, I think it should go into a more of a general fund or state debt relief or whatever, you know, that's one mm-hmm. thing. And then this business about taxing somebody's retirement, I mean, I'm not there yet, but it's right around the corner. And that, that you know, I put a for sale sign in my house in, 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 in a jiffy, you know, that's if that happens. I mean, well, that'd, that'd make a lot of people mad. Um, you know, I'm married to someone who's retired, and uh, I can tell you that, um, you know, any her or anybody else that, um, you know, you, you paid your taxes while you were working, and if somebody wants to tax it again, they're not going to be very happy. So they're going to get some big pushback on that. One more topic. This business about, I guess, Crystal Lake's going to get, like, better part of half a million dollars. And I think a part in Danville as well. Mm-hmm. It's a, a part of a $30 million, whatever, part budget of the governor. I don't know where we... Those types of things are the things that if you if people are going to take you know officials seriously, you don't do that. You know, if it's people around Crystal Lake Park or they want to have a fundraiser or locally tax themselves to improve it, that's their you know prerogative. But I don't think that you know this pork barrel stuff is any good anymore. And I just don't think it. I mean, things like that need to be handled on a local level. And that's all right. All hey, thank you, Eric. Okay. Appreciate it. Yep. You were you were to the point. I appreciate it. Thank you. We've got uh, ten seconds here before the news. Glad you're with us. Great open line conversation today. Justice Steigman joins me tomorrow. Back with T.J. Blakeman, WDWS Champaign Urbana, ten o'clock. It's the second hour of a penny for your thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk fourteen hundred WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at two one seven three five six nine three nine seven. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. All right, we're back with Penny for your thoughts today. We had a great open line the first hour. A couple of things left over, and then we'll get to T.J. Blakeman, uh, who is with the city of Champaign, works uh, as a city planner. Uh, economic development and so forth, but he's also uh, with the uh, Champaign County History Museum. Am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. You're here. He's going to be in studio with us. We're going to talk about the history of this building. You may remember, of course, it's not only been the News Gazette for several years, but it was J.C. Penney's and some other things. So uh, we'll get into that and maybe the history of this building and the block and an event coming up where you, uh, if you'd like to be a member of uh, the museum, Champaign County Historical Museum, you can certainly... Uh, do that. All right, uh, let's see here. Let me go to Bob real quick. Hey, Bob, how are you? 
I'm doing fine. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Okay, uh, I want to mention about the measles breakout in the schools. I have two questions on that. Uh, I could understand if a person or a child has a medical, uh, actually from the doctor, that they can't take shot. I can understand that. But my other question is, uh, you know, I you know I do believe in God, and I believe in Jesus. That should religion be able to be used, not be able to get the vaccine? Hmm. That's your that's your question. Should religion be used in that manner? Yes, yeah. I can see a medical reason. If there's actually a medical reason, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, they, if they can't get the shots or that way, that, that something's going to affect them medically. I understand that the religion part of it, I don't mm. understand. Well, see, in my mind, if your if your child, if you want to protect your child, um, you know, at an early age from all these different diseases, it, it seems to me you'd want to do everything in your power uh, to protect your child and protect yourself. I would think. You know, I mean, I, I was raised. I'm a Christian. I was raised, you know, in in church and so forth. I, I. I don't know. I, I don't quite understand um, the religious part of it that, you know, says, you know, I, and, and there, maybe they have valid reasons for doing it. I've just never understood that, I guess, being someone who's been raised the way I have. I've never quite understood why you wouldn't want to protect your children. That's my thought okay. on it. But Is there any chance that you might be able to get somebody on the air sometime to talk about that situation? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, let me, I'm writing it down right now. Religious reasons for not vaccinating. Is that what you're what you'd want to know about? Yeah. Okay. You you have my number, don't you? Because I want to be able to listen to it. Oh, uh, I think I I don't I may have it in my drawer. If you want, you can call back and give it to uh, Adam, and then he'll get it to me. Okay. And unless you want to okay. give it on the air, that's up to you. Uh, not really. Okay. <laughs> call me back and let Adam get your number. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Bob. I all right. I think I may have it anyway, but we'll get it for sure. All right, and before we get to TJ here, regarding the Aurora shooting, the shooter's Floyd was revoked four years ago, yet authorities never followed up on seizing his illegally purchased firearm, yet the recently passed red flag legislation gives authorities the power to raid someone's house and seize their property based on hearsay of a family member who may just not get along with the firearm owner. The current legislation not only strips law-abiding Americans of due process, but also strips us of our constitutional rights. And to the arrogant taxpayer who said we can move if we don't like what's going on in Illinois, we are in droves. Good luck to you, he says. Okay, and also, uh, real quick, and I want to go back up to the top here. Uh, we had an uh, emailer said, Hi, Brian, uh, I emailed you a while ago about wanting to help, help farm somewhere. There is still something, this is still something I want to do. Is it about time to start plowing the fields and planting soon? Well, if we ever get any warmer weather, it'll be time for that. Any farmers that want to plan ahead and think they might want some help, I'm good free labor. Just want to learn uh, some of this. Again, no experience whatsoever. You have to be patient with me. I have one week. I can't work first week of July. Other than that, get the field prepared, planted, and harvested. Also, do I need a CDL to drive a tractor? Well, I drove a tractor for years, Mike, and I never had one. So I don't, I don't think so. Uh, but, uh, 
Maybe there's new rules that I don't know about. But that's Mike in Champaign. So, Mike, you can do the same thing. You can call in if you want. Give your number to Adam, and if anybody wants to uh, help, we'll get somebody in touch with you, okay? All right, now we've cleared the deck on all of that. T.J. Blakeman is here. How, How are you doing? I'm good. How are you, good, Brian? Good, good. Thanks for your patience. Of course. So what's up? You got a little event coming up? We do. Tomorrow night? Yeah, we're coming to your house. Uh, tomorrow yeah. night, the Champaign County History Museum is hosting our, this is our third annual History on the Town event. And this is a chance for us to say thank you to all the members who have supported us at the Champaign County History Museum. So we pick a location around the county, some historic location, and we bring all of our members there and let them have free reign of the place. Uh, they get to tour around, and we'll have folks um, in various different locations. So this year... Uh, we are coming here to the News Gazette headquarters. This is um, looking at our our timeline. We realized this was kind of an opportune time. 1919 uh, was the year that David Stevick merged the Champagne News and the Champagne Gazette to form the actual banner headline, the News Gazette. So we thought in honor of that, we're going to come to your headquarters. Um, I've been working with Jim Rossow. He's been setting up all the various folks uh, here in the building that are and, and past employees that are going to come back and interact with our members uh it's going to be a great night we got we have food and, and drinks and you'll get to tour all over the building this is a remarkable building it's it's mm -hmm. a very large building and uh, there's all different components of it and folks will get to come in and see all the behind the scenes of how the news works today they'll learn about the history of the building and they'll meet some of the people who have worked in the building so T.J. Blakeman is with us, and if you'd like to um, discuss or you have some questions about the building that we are in, the radio stations are all here. We have three of them, combining with the newspaper and all the different offices and different things that go on here. Uh, but to do that tomorrow night, you need to be a member. You do. Uh, and so uh, how, can you do that at the door? You can. You can either do that online right this minute, go on to champaigncountyhistory.org, and you can fill out a, a form right there on the website, or you can show up at the door and become a member. It's as little as $35 for an individual, $50 for a family. It goes up from there, 100 250 We certainly hope people will think about that mm -hmm. higher so what, level. So what else do you get with a membership? <laughs> well, you get invi invitations to events like this. We have discounts uh, at the museum in terms of our local gift store. Um, you get all the advance notices. You get a newsletter once a month from us. Uh, there's all kinds of little perks that you get. Mm. A lot of people signed up. Yeah, we've, yeah. We, you know, if you remember back, 2015, the museum was in pretty dire straits. Mm -hmm. This is at the old cattle bank, It's at right? the old cattle bank. Everybody knows the location there at 102 East University. And, and 2015 was a pretty low point for the museum. Um, but since that time, the, the new leadership that we've brought in, uh, the, the changes that we've made, the brand-new exhibits that we've debuted, the community's responded. It's been terrific. Our membership continues to grow year over year. Our donations continue to grow. Um, but we continue to need people to support us. Memberships are 100% are funding. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we need members. We need the community. There's 240,000 people in the county. Uh, if we just had a fraction of those, we'd have an outstanding uh, local history museum. Yeah, it's just interesting that uh, it reached a low ebb, like you say, in 2015 because there's a lot of great history here. There is. That just needed, I guess, somebody to keep an eye on it or yeah, gather it together. Or? You know, organizations like this, small museums, they go through these natural evolutions. And there are good times and there are bad times. And it's just about how much community support is there behind making it work. And how much volunteer capacity is there? How much leadership capacity is there? And so 
it took a concerted effort to rebuild that. But it, it is completely doable, uh, as we're proving today. But it's important that people stay engaged with it. It is a, it's such an important community asset to be able to reflect back on all the great things that have happened in this community, all the challenges. You know, there there's not a challenge out there today that is new, really. Uh, when you look back, history can help guide those decisions that you're making today. And so it's important to have an asset like that in the community that's hyper-specific on this place and understands all those challenges. Well, we've got a great building to work out of today in our studios. Of course, the radio stations moved down here in the last year and a half from the location uh, down the road there at Neyland Windsor. Uh, three stations in this building. This station here, our uh, sister station, Light Rock 97.5, and our other station, out of the brother or sister station, Classic Hits 107.9. We call them all sister stations, I guess. But they're all in this building. And when we come back, uh, TJ's going to give us a little rundown of this history of this building, what it's been before. You may remember some of this. So if you want to uh, chime in, you certainly can, 3569397. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling, text line 3515357. Or email us at talk at wdws.com. Back with T.J. Blakeman after this. All right, the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. They've been around only since 1964, but, boy, what an impact they've had in our uh, area with their great steaks and food and seafood and pasta and everything that goes with it over at the Beef House of I-74 in Covington, Indiana. Just went over there recently, uh, the lunch buffet we took advantage of. Had the uh, pan-fried chicken, which was just amazing. You can, of course, do steaks, you can do seafood, you can do pasta. See, I'm more of a meat and potatoes guy, so it's right up my alley. But you don't have to do that. You can do pork chops, you can you can do salad if you just want to do salad. They've got the great desserts, of course, at the Beef House, the Beef House Rolls, warm and hot. I think we're going over there again. Let's see, when do we play Purdue? Next week, middle of next week, we're going over there. So it's on my calendar again. The Beef House in Covington, Indiana. Say hi to Bob and Bonnie Wright. You know, he uh, he is a big Purdue fan, and that's okay. If he were an Indiana fan, it might be a problem. No, but he's a Purdue fan, but that's okay. He's welcoming to all fans of all faiths and all uh, colors, orange and blue and black and gold or whatever it is. So anyway, uh, Bob and Bonnie Wright at the Beef House in Covington, Indiana. Glad you're with us here today on Penny for Your Thoughts. All right, our building, uh, the building we see today was uh, redone a little bit. Right, by Mrs. Kinnego back several years ago? It was, yeah. yeah. When, you, when you ask people how old this building is, they might not give you the right answer. Uh, this building's 106 years old. Um, it was completely refurbished in 1983 and 84 by Mrs. Kinnego. Uh, as the newspaper moved from 50 Main Street over here to 15 Main Street, where they had been since the papers were merged uh, just down the street. And so, but it didn't, of course, you know, a lot of people in town would know this as other places. J.C. Penney's was immediately before that. And then if you go back into the 60s, 50s, and all the way back to the 1870s, it was the Willis Department Store. So Department Stores was a spiral staircase. There's a spiral staircase when you come in the front door. Has that always been there? It has not. Um, and that, that was brought in specifically in 84 for this building, and they had to bring it in through the open facade in the front. It came in in kind of one big piece. We've got some images. If anyone at home would like to follow through, they can go to the blog post that I, I wrote. If you go to champagnehistory.com, um, it's the most recent blog post, but I did kind of a whole history of this building, and there's some really great images there. Mm -hmm. That big staircase, though, had to be brought in through the front when there was no more facade there before they put the glass in. So that is a new feature. And really, the building was completely gutted um, 
and then of course clad in this red Italian marble as well. Mm -hmm. So what were the department stores like? Give me the what were what was J.C. Penney's. I mean, is your basic, basic J.C. Penney store with? Yeah. So you know, unfortunately, I don't have any. This is for any of your listeners out there. Perhaps someone that worked there, or I don't have any photographs from the inside of J.C. Penney's or the inside of the Willis Department Store. All the pictures I have are the uh, the exterior. Um, we have a few pictures of what J.C. Penney's left behind because the News Gazette did a nice job of documenting what was there when they took over ownership of the building. So we know where the escalators were and, and some general science. And we have descriptions of where all the different departments were. Those were in the newspaper during their grand opening. Um, but we don't have any photographs, the inside. So hmm. if you could reach out to the um, to me, uh, president at org, send me an email if you happen to have some of those. We'd love to add them to the collection. Um, so, But the Willis Department Store... You know, so that was the original use on the land. You got to so, go. So it was from when to when. Willis. So, so Willis. So, real quick, a little history about uh, Godfrey Willis, Godfrey Clarence Willis. It was known as the G.C. Willis Department Store. He was born in 1848 and came to Champaign in 1872. Um, he started a store right away on Main Street here in this location, a small wood frame building. They called it the Philadelphia Store. He came from England to Philadelphia, then moved to Champaign thought that given it the Philadelphia store name would sell merchandise because it was the big city. Um, so it's a small wood frame building, but right here on the corner of Fremont and Main Street. And he replaced that building. Um, he replaced that building in 1882. And he built a two-story brick building, very nice uh, building. Again, it had a nice little spire on the front of it. Um, but then fast forward to 1913 when he built the current building that we're in. Now, unfortunately, he died uh, right around that time. And so he didn't really get to operate his big grand department store, but his son did. And the Willises, they lived, for anybody that lives in Cheshire, uh, on Cheshire Court over at Prospect and University, that land that that housing development is on was the Willis home. Okay. So they had a rather large home there at the corner of Prospect and University. But his son ran the store all the way until it closed. And let me make sure I get the date right mm-hmm. on when it closed. Um, it closed in July of 1959. Mm-hmm. So uh, in 1960 is when J.C. Penney's moved in. J.C. had it then until uh, they left in 1979 mm-hmm. for Marketplace Mall. Oh, that's right. That's where everybody went there. Everybody for a while, went there. Sears. Penny was here. Sears was just behind us here, yep. right? Even Joseph Kuhn opened a store out at Marketplace Mall. Um, so everybody got in at the ground level out at Marketplace. Mm. Three five six nine three nine seven. Talk about the history of the uh, building here at the uh, News Gazette building at Fifteen Main. Uh, T.J. Blakeman is with us. Uh, he heads up the uh, Champaign County uh, History Museum. If you'd like to become a member. You can do that at the door tomorrow night. The event is when? It starts at 6. It goes six, from 6 to 8. 6 to 8. You'll get a tour of the building. You, if you ever wondered, huh, I wonder what's in there. What's that look like? Well, you've got to be a member to find out because that's one of the perks of membership. But uh, there'll be folks here that will be helping lead tours and so forth. I know Jim Rosso. I think Mike Hale is a part of that. Uh, I think so. I, I think Tom Kasich is there. and. Yeah. I think he's got a whole lineup for us. Tim Dittman's going to be talking about the history of the state of the radio station. So it's mm-hmm. going to be you get to learn a facet 
you know, different pieces of all the News Gazette mm-hmm. uh, media. You mentioned Willis, Willis, Willis Avenue. Then we that street is. I assume that's. I would guess so. That actually borders the western side of their property, and mm-hmm. I would guess that when it was being platted off, when they bought that land, that perhaps the Willis name was given to that street. I, I don't know that one hundred percent. Well, more uh, more homework there for you. That's right. <laughs> All right, uh, we have a caller here for our guest. Jim is with us. Hey, Jim, we're on with T.J. Blakeman. Go ahead. How you doing? Well, I just wanted to tell you, I built that diamond mirror with a stairway going down into the break room. Oh, is that right? Did you really? And all of those sliding glass doors down there in that break room and all of the mirrors and Meriden's house out there on on uh, Armory Street in her bathroom upstairs, I spent two weeks up there putting that antique mirror in that bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the mirrors and stuff in her guest houses that are north of the house and all of that stuff around her kitchen, all the mirrors and stuff, she she was crazy about mirrors. Well, so that's a fascinating story. So it seems like you might have been one of her favorite contractors. Could you talk Uh, a little bit about what it was like to work for her? Well, she was generally in California. She was gone. Bill was her security man, and I forgot his last name, but Anyway, she was usually out in California at that time, but she come back and and uh, look it over, and she she approved it real well, so she was happy with it. Hmm. So did, you did a lot of work in the downstairs. We have a basement area, basically, kind of a patio. We've got different chairs and mirrors, and so you were a part of all that too. Yes, I was. Yeah. I yeah. worked for uh, Bacon and Van Buster Glass Company for a long time, and and uh, they did all the work for uh, News Gazette and the uh, radio station and. And so we, I've been around there quite a bit. Well, well, every day I go down the stairs, I see that mirror up there. So now I know who did it, who put it there. Well, it's, I guess it's still hanging <laughs> it's, on. It's it? still hanging on. Yeah, it hasn't broken yet or anything. Well, Mrs. Kennego had a very unique style about her. She had a villa in Italy. I think she brought a lot of that influence back here. She liked to travel, and I think she brought a lot of those influences here. So, uh, you know, we can talk a little bit maybe about Mrs. Kinnego, uh in the next segment, but the, the Stevic family, the fact that one family's controlled this entire organization from the beginning is also a really fascinating mm-hmm. story. All right. You know, uh, Willis, go ahead, Jim. You know the Willis has had electric carts in that store that the money went into those carts and it went down a track and upstairs to a cashier when, when you bought something. No, that must have been the the uh, the after the hydraulic or the pneumatic systems that most stores had. They must have created the electric version of that. So I, I did not know well, that. That's good to know. Coons uh, had the little things like the banks got. They put the money in the thing and it went upstairs to a cashier. Yeah, those and, those uh, pneumatic so, tubes. Willis had a little cart. They put it in. It went down a track and it click 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 clicked up to the second floor to the cashier upstairs. <laughs> Centralized cashier. Wow. I was a townie. I was born in Champaign, and I've I've lived here all my life and spent a lot of time downtown Champaign. In fact, I carried the News Gazette for several years. I had a route that was two blocks around where my parents lived, and and I and another route at another time. So, wow. Well, it sounds like you should come to our event tomorrow, and we could talk more about this. Well, I could if I was there. <laughs> we'd, we'd l- <laughs> well, Jimmy, you're just you're full of great information. And you're, and you're kind of one of us. I mean, you were delivered the newspaper. That's uh, you're you're a fellow uh, brother here at the News Gazette, I guess. We had tickets. We tore out of a book and gave everybody it was thirty five cents a week. Thirty five cents a week. Thirty five cents a week for the newspaper. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it's gone up a little bit since then, I think. But 
I carried the Chicago Tribune, the Chicago American, the Chicago Daily News, and the Chicago Sun-Times, too. Well, you were out there probably in some cold mornings then. Oh, yeah. Sunday morning <laughs> papers were, were were real bad in, on the Tribune. They were so thick with advertisements. And stuff. You, you really had to, you had to have your parents take you around in the car because you couldn't carry it all on your bicycle. <laughs> hey, Jim, great call today. Thanks for calling in. All right. All right, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate it. All right, there you go. T.J. Blakeman's with us. We'll talk more about the Gazette building uh, here that uh, you'll have a chance. If you become a member, Champaign County Historical Museum, you too can uh, see where everything is down here. All right, here's Michael Kaiser with the news headlines. Back with T.J. in a moment. All right, 1037 here at News Talk 1400 DWS. We're with T.J. Blakeman. We're talking about the history of this News Gazette building here at 15 Main of Willis Department Store, J.C. Penney's. Uh, in the past, we'll talk a little more about Mrs. Kinnego and her influence on all of this. Now, just to show you how things get lost over time, because <laughs> I went and checked on this before I answered it. It says, T.J., will the tour include a visit to the window that Lauren Tate threw his typewriter out of? <laughs> and here's what I found out. I think you I know may, the answer. You, you know the answer, but see if I'm correct. I talked, I checked it out. Uh, that uh, the typewriter he threw it down the stairs, and it was not in this building. It was in the old building at Forty Eight Main. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, now, now recently, just <laughs> last year, actually, I think there was a, in the paper, uh, Lauren uh, donated one of his first typewriters to the museum. We'd asked if there was a piece of, when he was retiring, mm -hmm. semi-retiring. I think is the word he's using from a lot of the writing. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, if he would donate something that was emblematic of his time and his service, uh, not only to the News Gazette but to sports writing in Illinois, and so he donated uh, his first typewriter. So it is not the one he threw down the stairs, but the other, another <laughs> one, one of his first is actually safely tucked away in the collection of the Champaign County History Museum. Now, Jim Rosso told me we could reenact it <laughs> down the stairs if, uh, if some people want to do that, but he was kidding. But anyway, so that just shows you how things, uh, little facts here and there get missed. All right, uh, so it was Willis, then J.C. Penney. Now, did J.C. Penney, I'm, I'm assuming they redid the storefront? and did Yeah, they did. They, they modernized it, right? Mm. So the Willis Department Store was kind of a beautiful blonde brick building, um, and J.C. Penney's... You know, back in the day, it was, well, it was a three-story building, blonde brick, beautiful. But back in the 1960s, the thing was, let's modernize it. So they covered the whole thing in a slip curtain, uh, uh, fake facade, big white box. It turned into a big white box with J.C. Penney's names on the front. Um, and then, of course, when all that came back, you also realized that the damage that was done to the underlying facade, that beautiful facade, was mm -hmm. extensive. And so... The marble, the red Italian marble that Mrs. Kinnego liked, uh, went on the building. I would assume uh, with the department stores, they're all competitors. I mean, Robeson's had their sure. department store. Willis here, J.C. Penney. Yep. Was, the I'm Lewis sure department they, store. Yeah. There was a lot. We had a lot of department stores right down here. Down here. Now, J.C. Penney's actually was in Urbana, and so this was a second store to them here in the okay. community. Um, a little interesting fact about J.C. Penney's, and I talk about this in the blog post. The day they opened. Um, was the day of the, a protest started. I, I want to say, I've got the actual numbers in there, how many mm -hmm. days it lasted. It lasted over 30 days. Um, but it was, there had been other organized protests by African Americans in the community mm -hmm. back in the 40s. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a protest of Steak and Shake and Skeltons down in campus. But 
this was a little different also. It was off campus. It was downtown. It was, um, it was a protest by African Americans in the community over the hiring practices of JCPenney's. And the blog goes into quite a bit of detail about that. There's some great letters to the editor about um, how all that transpired, but it's really interesting to see. Uh, this was an effort led by, um, uh, I want to get the name right, uh, Reverend uh, Graves from Mount Olive Baptist Church. Him and a number of other ministers um, that were, had recently formed the CU North End Ministers Association. When JCPenney's announced that they were moving downtown, this would be a great opportunity to to hire African-Americans in sales positions, which was a job that they were not getting across the community. And in fact, there had been a study done just a couple of years before showing how few African-Americans were in those higher tiered positions. So JCPenney has announced that they're going to open this new department store. This is a great opportunity. They're starting from scratch. These ministers encouraged their parishioners to, empl- to um, apply for those jobs. Mm-hmm. None of them, there were no African-Americans hired. Um, and you know, these ministers were able to point specifically to the qualifications of several of the parishioners who had had previous sales experience in other communities. So they boycotted, and it was a, a long boycott. It lasted over a month. Uh, this is how JCPenney's opened their door, and ultimately they they worked together to come to terms. And unfortunately, I don't have – I was not able to find the details of that um, of that outcome, and I'd like to – I'd love to be able to hear – what became of that? Mm. Um, you know, I assume that there was some hires made, but I, the the articles that I could find uh, were short on detail mm. with with the resolution. But that's just kind of an interesting um, aside as to uh, the social climate and and the interaction between the importance mm. here in this building. Mm. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number. If you have anything you want to add, uh, we had a gentleman call in that put the mirrors in the building. That you'll see if you uh, go on the tour. I, they've, we've got three big video screens up above our studio uh, that they're showing different uh, history of this building and the News Gazette and also of our radio stations that you'll see uh, if you become a member tonight and if you are a member that you'll see when you come in. So certainly that'll be a part of uh, what's going on. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, 1043. T.J. Blakeman with us here talking about the history of this building we're in here, the News Gazette building, downtown Champaign. If you have some things you want to add, uh, things you remember from uh, that time when it was a department store before it became the News Gazette when they moved. All of that straight ahead after this. Hey, if you need a good night of sleep, hey, we all need that, right? Uh, Your best sleep ever, you can uh, get it and get it taken care of at Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop. Mike Namoff, got some news from Mike we'll be sharing here in uh, future ads, but uh, boy, there's some... uh, some great mattresses. The showroom is spectacular. Snooze Luxury Mattress. Now, there's no other place like it around, and this is high-end quality. First, you'll get the reveal machine. It'll show where all your pressure points are. And, of course, mattress is a big part. they got mattresses galore in there. And don't just go in and lay down on a mattress and say, yeah, it feels good. I'll take it. No, they do the reveal machine to eliminate the mattresses that don't work for you and get you in the right ones and narrow it down. And then, of course, you have pillows that help you sleep well as well. I mean, you've got to get a quality sweep, a sleep. They've got the uh, Z-Zone pillows. They've got the uh, pillows for uh, aromatherapy. They've got um, essential oils. They've got, uh, I mean, you name it, it is there with the the Great Wall of Pillows. You've heard of the Great Wall of China, the Great Wall of Pillows, all these different uh, fragrances and different uh, types of pillows. If you uh, sleep with a high pillow or a mid-loft pillow or a flat pillow, I mean, they're all a little different. Uh, Bamboo bedding, 100% Egyptian cotton 
that is hand-finished and tailored by Italian artisans, French linen made from flax grown in France. I mean, I mean, this is, you're not going to find this anywhere else. So check it out, the uh, Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop. It's right there with This Is It Furniture, Country Fair Shopping Center, Springfield and Mattis in Champaign. And say hi to Big Mike and his team over there at the big store, Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop. All right, T.J. Blakeman is with us. We're talking about the history a little bit of this building. And Mrs. Kinnigo, the Stevick family. Now, Tim Dippman put together a whole thing had to do with the radio he did. stations, right? He did. He's going to have that tomorrow. He's going to be able to give uh, give everyone that's here kind of a timeline and be able to walk through. He reconstructed the Stevick family uh, genealogy. He went back through records and was able to piece together their whole family tree uh, it's just a you know pretty remarkable family. Uh, it started with David when he owned the Daily News, and then ultimately merged it with the Champagne Gazette to form the paper we have today. But um, you know he died f- somewhat suddenly, December fifteenth, nineteen thirty-five. His wife um, Helen took over. If you didn't know, I always you know everybody is always curious. DWS WDWS is actually David W. Stevick. Mm-hmm. Uh, HMS is Helen Mary Stevick. It's named in honor of both of Marijan's parents. Of course, when Mary died in 1967, um, Marijan took over uh, the the operations as publisher and president or CEO of the News Gazette um, and over all of its different affiliates. She was an interesting person. Um, you know, there you could have a whole conversation, I think, about just her. She was, like I said before, she traveled all over the place. She knew all kinds of famous people. Mm-hmm. She knew she, Nancy Reagan. She hung, yeah, she hung mm-hmm. out with with celebrities in California. Um, she loved the military. You know, we have in our collection at the museum a lot, several of her things, and a lot of them are photographs of her with admirals, and you know, mm-hmm. she seemed particularly fond of the Navy. Um, one of her husbands, she was married five times. One of her husbands um, was in the military. Uh, Mr. Dias was in the Bataan Death March. Oh, wow. Um, he died in a plane crash. Um, she ultimately married Mr. Kinigo, uh, who was in Italy during the war. Um, just, you know, fascinating mm. stories. Mm. Fascinating stories with Mrs. Kinigo. And, of course, her style, as I mentioned, was is very much seen throughout the building here. You'll see statues and marble and, uh, again, all these influences that influenced mm-hmm. her. It used to be at the radio station, too. It was kind of yeah, even more pronounced. Some, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, down there. Um, but mm. uh, a fascinating family. And, of course, still, you know, the legacy that they've left and the foundation that they built then mm-hmm. still controls our newspaper and keeps it keeps it. Keeps in, it local. Keeps it local. Which is rare. It's these very days. rare. It's very, very rare, rare these days, yeah. All right, 356-9397 is our phone number, 1050. T.J. Blakeman is with us. So in this building, it's been remodeled, of course, redone, but mm-hmm. as far as uh, the older buildings here downtown, what, who are the, what are the older buildings? I mean, uh, you, you know, so we've, we've had mixed results with some of our oldest buildings. You know, the Metropolitan mm-hmm. was one of those buildings when it burned uh, in 2008. Um, there's a couple small buildings. They still have a lot of history to them. Some of the oldest buildings, Skins and Tins at the corner of Walnut and Main Street is probably one of the oldest uh, still standing. It was there when mud streets and board sidewalks uh, were commonplace. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of what you see today is second and third generation buildings. They're the ones that were built at the end of the, 20, end of the 19th century, um, start of the 20th century, those are the ones that we mostly have today, but they're all, you know, now at this point, they're all turning. Uh, this building's 106 years old. There are several 
Mm-hmm. They're even older. They've all been around a while. They have been. Um, don't want to cross over too much into your other job, but, I mean, the PNC Bank building. How, yep. I mean, is it? It's a beautiful old, building. How old is it? It's a little older than this one. Uh, mm-hmm. 1909, I want to mm-hmm. say, is when the Harris family built that bank. Um, there is also a blog post there. You can retrace the entire history of that bank and the building. Fascinating. You know, the building, the PNC just moved out. The new owners, Janet Bubin, mm-hmm. uh, she's invited me over part of my, my day job. Uh, to walk through the building with her as we talk about what she's planning to do with it. But it gave me a chance also to kind of see some of the, the behind-the-scenes in that building. We poked our head above some of the um, some of the tile ceilings just to see if any of the old plaster work was still there. And there are still some remnants of some of the old plaster. It was kind of a cornucopia of fruit uh, that used to be in the plaster on, the, on mm. the grand lobby ceiling. And so it's neat when we get to go inside these buildings and really – explore and find out what's still there. But the Cattle Bank is the oldest The Cattle Bank is the oldest commercial structure in Champaign County. Mm -hmm. Um, It is our home. Um, You know, I appreciate, I'm going to use that as a window, a segue Mm -hmm. to talk. One of the biggest needs we have at the museum right now is that building. Uh, Maintaining a building that was built in 1856 uh, is tough, especially for a small museum that's trying to put its money into programming and exhibits. So we are launching this year a capital campaign, you know, just like back in the 80s when this building almost was lost to the wrecking ball before Mayor Severns and others in the community using the power of this radio station helped get the word out to save that building. Uh, we, are, we need help again from the community. Um, the roof is failing on the building. It's starting to really affect um, the inside of the building. We're going to have to put a whole new roof on the building. That's a very expensive endeavor, especially as we're just trying to rebuild this museum. We've got brand-new exhibits. We have a brand-new exhibit on the Illinois Traction System that we're hoping to open um, a little uh, in the spring of this year. That exhibit alone is going to take quite a bit of money. Um, and so we've got all of these needs. And that's why membership is so important. That's why donations are important. We are starting this capital campaign. Uh, we, we desperately need the community to, to support us on this. We've got to replace this roof, and um, every little bit helps. But if we can't maintain that building, um, then the museum it's then the museum falls back into into trouble. And so I'm um, I'm hoping some of the, some of the listeners out there uh, might like local history and like the things that we've managed to do at the museum to turn this around to come out and say help you with that problem. Got some resources, uh, right? That's somebody who can who can help you with organizations is that we're always that's the nature like I said before that's the nature of organizations like this is that we're always we're always mm-hmm. on to the next thing and right now the biggest next thing is our building yeah. all self-funded I mean there's no absolutely no state money no, no federal money no it's, local it's government all, money it's, it's all it's the community saying that history is important enough that we're going to support it and that means that we as the community have control over that story as well mm. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back with more here, a couple final minutes. If you want to get a call in, feel free, or a text before we're done. Back after this timeout. All right, we're back. Some final uh, moments here with uh, T.J. Blakeman. I'm just fascinated by. I'm fascinated by history. Our listeners know that, but um, see, I didn't even understand. I didn't remember that the Springer Center was the old post office. It is. See, I didn't remember that. Yeah. I mean, I. And of course, you look down the street here out our window, and there's the um, the city building. Which was built what in the thirties? The thirties. Yeah, it's a beautiful building. I'm, yeah. I'm, you know, it's it's amazing that we've managed to keep that building, and thank goodness that 
councils have continued to support the idea of keeping that. Many cities have moved into more modern facilities, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I work in that building. It's it's tight for all of us, and it the furnace, you know, the boilers don't always work all the time, and things like that. It has its quirks, but it is such an iconic building. You look at it, and it just it just that is Champagne mm-hmm. um, in terms of its look, and it's a beautiful building. We've, we're talking about Champagne County history. Of course, we haven't talked much about Urbana. Right. Uh, we are countywide. Uh, we, yeah, the, countywide the museum uh, covers the entire county, and you'll see that throughout the exhibits that we have at the, at the building, at mm-hmm. the museum. What's the oldest building over in Urbana? Uh, do you know? Well, the, uh, there's uh, older, older buildings. some older buildings. The Leal Cottage that's uh, in Leal Park. That cottage was actually moved to that location um, that is one of the oldest buildings. That one's right around the Cattle Bank time. The museum actually, back when that one was in danger, helped uh, secure its move to, mm-hmm. to Leal Park. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple of more residential homes uh, in Urbana that predate. you got to remember, Urbana is older than right. West Urbana or Champaign. Right. Uh, Urbana started in 1833. Um, West Urbana, 1856. City of Champaign, 1860. So uh, they had the jump start on us. But a lot of those buildings, too, from that era, I mean, these were settlers that were just filling in the area. There weren't many trees and other resources to pull from. A lot of the structures weren't um, well built. And so those early structures, Mm -hmm. they, they, you know, those went by the wayside for the more modern structures. A little bit of a frontier. It I mean, was, you know, I, the world was a frontier. This basically. was the last area in Illinois to fill in. East Central Illinois was the last area. If you look at a map and how populations traveled, it was primarily from the south to the north, and it was long, large, largely along rivers like the Illinois or the Mississippi, um, and the Great Lakes up in the Chicago areas. But this area in, in East Central Illinois was one of the last. It was just thick, tall prairie with mm-hmm. mucky soil. <laughs> And most people thought it was worthless until it was drained and then yeah, realized the plant. soil was the most valuable in the world. Uh, yeah. People just – it was hard to, to build in. It was hard to live in. Yeah. And so that's why it was so late. Mm. Looks can be deceiving. It can. Yeah. Hey, TJ, it's been a great uh, hour. Thanks well, for coming I in. Uh, give the, the p- pertinent information. Website. Yeah, so, so uh, tomorrow, if you want to learn more about tomorrow's event or anything about the museum, go to our website, champaigncountyhistory.org. There you can actually become a member. You can learn all about it. You can actually watch some of our, our uh, videos. We have a monthly speaker series. You can watch all of those if you miss some. Great site, great resource for information. Um, tomorrow, the event is from 6 to 8 right here at 15 Main Street. You can show up, pay at the door to become a member. You're a member for the whole year. We'd love to have your support. It's absolutely critical that the community continues to support this organization. Um, it's not about me. It's not about the members of my board. It's not about anything. It's about making sure this organization survives and the objects continue on. All right. Thank you, TJ. You're welcome. Good luck. Thank have you. fun tomorrow night. Justice Steigman is here tomorrow, both hours, 9 to 11 on Penny for Your Thoughts. Been a great day. Thanks for being with us. Enjoy the uh, sunshine out there and stay warm. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. See you later. It's 11 o'clock.